You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Back on the Watling and Owen Show on a Monday here in a frigid central New York. So cold that Luke has completely turned his back on all of his his stances and his opinions and beliefs. No, again, this is not true at all. This, first of all, what did you say to me when I wore a backwards hat on air? What did you say to me? No. <laughs> what did you say? Play it back. We've got it on Twitter. We've I actually don't picks. remember. I can look through my clubs. What did I say that it was? No, but it wasn't the look. There was like a specific. I'll, I'll did I say it was unprofessional? I'll I think I said it was unprofessional. But long story short, you're wearing a backwards hat. You're a bad guy. Well, I mean, what are we doing not a, here? You just came at me not even a month ago. And now you're well, wearing we, a backwards hat? Can we start to acknowledge how handsome I look with it on? And I didn't. I'm just saying, like, you're coming at me out the gate. Yeah, because like, we we you're up. a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. That's what you are. You are <laughs> a, a bad guy. Well, for the record, I came on air with a forwards hat, and you said that I had to flip it backwards. No, I so did I not. Don't say that. Do not say that. That is that is a lie. That is a bold-faced lie. What I said, first off, I said, wear it the way you want. I don't care, but I explained the reason why I wore it backwards is so that the shadow didn't cover my eyes, so that you could see my eyes, because we're also a, a TV show. We're a Twitch show. So we want to engage our audience visually. Which you're doing a great job wearing the hat backwards. Very handsome, I might add. Yes, thank you. But that's why I wore it backwards. So people could see my eyes and look into them while I'm trying to do the show. But you come here like this, covering your eyes, basically. Like, is this what you want to see when you're watching the show? Should I do this the whole show? No, is it wasn't even that bad want? either. For, for the record, it was not that bad. My 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 bill is very normal length. Um, it's a shame, too. It's a nice hat, but you can't see the front of it. So people will never know what kind of hat it is. They'll just have to sit back and... And imagine again but. the fact that I, the fact that you changed this early shows that you have no no moral regard, no stance, no confidence in yourself. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. The fact it's that you would a, flip on a dime like this. Nothing to do with hat. The fact that I'm wearing a hat shows that I have confidence. I never wear hats, but my hair was just so out of control today that I had to wear one. Did you wear the hat to work? No, I didn't. So, what'd you do at work? Just have like. Bad hair? Yeah, essentially. Because I... Okay. Well, if you want to go inside baseball, the, the work that I'm doing right now, I'm essentially in like a dark room by myself. So no one sees me. So no one has to uh, comment on the hair. So when I come here, you know, millions of people are going to see me. I got to wear the hat. So you're, you're going to work looking like a schlub. Essentially, yeah. Like you're walking into the front doors on a Monday where people can see you. Yes. You know what you could have done if you want to go really inside baseball? Right. Here? You wear a winter cap to work. No one sees your hair. You take it off, and, and now you're That's golden. true. Because, yeah, your hair's a mess, but no one saw yeah. it. So, so there's a tip for you next time, Luke. When you're heading into work for those 30 seconds that people see you, throw a baseball cap on, or uh, um, a winter hat on. If so I, I'll, I'll, but again, my last... you're a coward for, for changing as, as, early as, you, as quickly as you did. I mean, I mentioned why I wore it backwards, and you immediately flipped. I mean, you caved like... I don't even know what like. Uh, yeah, like what? Like me, like me looking at like a nice chocolate bar. You just caved right in. Well, I'd like to apologize formally uh, for being a hypocrite, but sometimes you have to wear the backwards hat when the hair is out of control, and I understand now. No, you don't wear it forwards. Take it off and put it <laughs> no. back right now. It looks way too damn good backwards right now to put it on <laughs> forwards. It does look great. The hair, you see like the, the, the follicles uh-huh. and the hairs. It looks Real very nice. nice. 
I it is it. a uh, but, it is a nice hat though. I'd like to point out it's a Hawaii hat. Shout out the the Rainbow Warriors. So let's get to the real sports, Luke. We we spent enough time now. Talking let's talk about, about vaccines. And, and this isn't even really sports. Yeah, let's talk about what everyone here wants me to talk about: vaccines. And, and listen, when when the when the mandate came out in New York City, I was all about it. I'm again, I, if if you know me, you know I would have taken. I would have mixed all of the, <laughs> the vaccines into one if I could. Save for the Johnson & Johnson, because I knew off-rip that one was Yeah, that was one problem. was a little fishy off the jump. Yeah. I mean, one? No, give me – give me. I don't even like shots, and I said give me yes. two. But I saw that to say New York City apparently lifted its vaccine mandate, not for the entire city, but – oh, where'd that go? I think it's for public, but they lifted public buildings, I believe. For – Okay, here it is. They removed the vaccine requirement for indoor dining, fitness, and entertainment venues. All other vaccine issues, I guess, are, are you still have to have a proof of vaccination. And this includes the private sector. And the city website reads, the businesses may not allow any unvaccinated workers to come to their workplace. Well, Kyrie Irving, if you saw the, the Twitch notification, can watch his teammates play, can sit 10 feet from them, and, and and you go to these games, you know no one's wearing a mask. You know, the, the, the Barclays Center could say, hey, everyone needs to wear a mask. No one's wearing it. I mean, we've been doing this for two years now. No one's wearing the mask if they don't want it. So Kyrie Irving can sit there courtside without a mask on and have no issues. But he can't step on the court and play. And, and that's where I have a really big issue with this. You know, we're having schools lift, you know, schools in New York City, in New York State rather, don't have to, you know, there's no more mask mandate for for the schools, which for me, I, I don't even want to talk on that because, you know, not everyone's vaccinated in schools, yada, yada. You know, I think that's going to be very scary. And I, and I, I, I'm interested to see what happens. But for the Nets to be able to have Kyrie in the building and not play is ludicrous to me. And I, I don't understand how the rules are written this way, where you can have Andrew Wiggins before he got vaccinated, come to the Barclays Center and play. Kyrie Irving can sit there and watch him play, but he can't step on the court. And that's what makes me the most frustrated about the, these rules at this point. Yeah, that's the weirdest part is that when this whole this mandate came out, the weirdest part was like, okay, so a road player that's unvaccinated can play, but not a home player. And now it's like taking the rule to a whole nother level. And what you said about, you know, a lot of people now, especially in, especially in these venues where you don't have to wear masks or where you have to wear masks are not. And you know, that's obviously a different conversation, but I know like watching the Syracuse game this weekend, the Dome has been very strict with masking. I had football season tickets. If you weren't eating or drinking and you had your mask down, like they would come and tell you like they would. Uh, oh, what's well, that? What's that? Did, did you not watch the game on Saturday? The the Duke game? We're like, maybe if you let. Oh, maybe if you let me finish my point, that'd be great. Well, I didn't say or you could just interrupt me in the middle. I didn't say it. nothing. I, I just gave a look. I was building up. I was building up. All right, continue to build. Say. I don't even want to build anymore, but I was saying that that's how it was in the fall. But now we have people in the dome not wearing masks. Cause you saw the pictures of the, a lot of the student section. No one was wearing masks. So you're welcome, Matt. I'm, I'm, again, I'm just frazzled that you would interrupt me in the middle of my I point. I didn't say but, anything. You, you, I gave a look and, and you, you threw a fit. All right. Get on with it. The main point. But I know. Look, I know, I know you. I know your looks. Uh, <laughs> but the. The the main point being, like, a lot of the state has kind of relaxed a little bit. And it's been certainly, I think, uh, one of the stricter states when it comes to these regulations. And I think that at some points that has certainly helped us for sure. Um, but as things kind of unfold and, and you hear Eric Adams talk, you know, he says, we don't want to lock down again. But kind of by opening this up, 
you're not going to be able to close it. So by opening it partially and then not letting Kyrie play makes it, it doesn't make sense, Matt. Like there's not much more you can say that it doesn't make sense that Kyrie could sit courtside, he can be with his teammates, blah blah blah. But as soon as he steps foot on the court, that somehow changes things, which I don't understand because we've already kind of proven with sports that there's not really any. It's kind of the same risk that you'd have, you know, as a fan, you know, playing, you know, interacting with people is the same as interacting with people in the crowd. So it's it's just wild. And what really set me off today, Luke, and, and I was doing some research on it because I didn't understand the rule at first, right? The change. And now I get it, right? Private sector, if you're if you're interacting, if your work is in person or you're interacting with the public, you have to have at least one dose of the vaccine. Now, is that vaccine effective if you got it a year ago? Probably not. But sure, you needed it. You know, I guess the assumption is that once you get one, you'll get a couple more. But Apparently on today, Luke, uh, Mayor Eric Adams was speaking on this, obviously. And one line that really set me off is, and this is in an ESPN story. The, the story reads, Adams agreed Monday that the current rule keeping him away from playing home games, quote, makes no sense, end quote, since away players can play in New York City. Uh, the story adds on, even though he thought the rule was as written was, quote, ridiculous, unquote. He said, these, these are rules and I have to follow the rules. If I don't, I'm going to open the door that is sending the wrong message to everyday employees. I like the last part. You know, if you say, okay, everyone but Kyrie has to be vaccinated or they can't do it, fine. But if you don't like the rule and you don't like that people that are unvaccinated are playing on your court, change the rule. Change yeah. it. Don't let these players, you know, act as, you know, these out-of-state players act as you know, merchants that can't do their trade, whatever it is, whatever the, the baseline was for letting away players play. Because now all you're doing is just undermining the Nets and, and ruining their chances of winning a championship, which I don't even care at this point if they win or not. I care about like the, the, the legitimacy of the rule, which makes no sense whatsoever, because you have Andrew Wiggins that can come in and play. Either be all in or all out. That's all I'm asking for. This is some, some half-pregnant nonsense where Kyrie can watch but can't play I mean, how hard is it to add the Barclays Center and, and Kyrie Irving and, and sports to be part of the, you know, the removing of the vaccine requirement where it's indoor dining, fitness, and entertainment. Basketball, it can't be sports and entertainment. It has to be just entertainment. So I can go see whatever music artist that isn't vaccinated, you know, spit their, their, their mucus everywhere while they're singing. <laughs> Right? I mean, I'm sitting front row. They're on a stage and they're just spitting it right at me. Like, that's what I need. But Kyrie Irving can't play. And I'm, you know, sufficiently distanced from him. It's just, I thought, it's so ridiculous. I thought you were going to say spitting bars, but you, you said spitting mucus. No, spitting actual mucus there. at me. Sp yeah, while they're spitting like bars. That. The most wild part about all this is like, it's like he's saying we don't want to give Kyrie preferential treatment, but then you're giving preferential treatment to other unvaccinated people that come to play. It's, it's very strange. But all-time line here from Eric Adams was when he said, listen, I want Kyrie on the court. I would do anything to get that ring so badly. I want it. Like, that's just a great – like, obviously he goes on to, like, explain, like, there's more going on, blah, blah, blah. But it's really funny that he's like, we, we want that ring. But it's like, well, if you want it that badly, you could just, you know – you could change it or at least make it make more sense. Cause right now it doesn't make sense. Like if he was like, you know what? Like Kyrie still can't play. That's fine. But to be like, well, he can be in the building. It's like, what are we doing here? Right. And I think that's where it bothers me because I, I, I understand why you don't want him in the building playing or watching, right? The mandate from two weeks ago, whatever it was, I get it. Right. 
and maybe you say, okay, interstate or interstate commerce makes it hard for us to stop individual players, you know, away players from, from participating. Sure. I think you could have figured it out a little bit better. I think you could say to the courts, well, listen, this guy's making millions of dollars. Like he doesn't need to play this one game to make a living. Right. Like if if you're docked a million dollars one time in a $60 million contract, whatever it is fine. But the idea that he can be there, the idea that anyone can show up that are unvaccinated and be there, but Kyrie, whereas, you know, frankly, I'd rather be around Kyrie unvaccinated than Joe, Joe Schmo who is unvaccinated because I don't know how healthy Joe Schmo is. And, and I said all that, Luke, to just go back to the main, you know, my main beliefs, I guess, is, is I'm all for the vaccine, right? Like I've said it thousands of times here. Like I, I got it. I support it. You know, I, I think masks are fine. You know, I still wear it at the gym, whatever, but just make a rule that makes sense to me. And this just doesn't really, this isn't it. Yeah. And now it's really interesting because from a, from a sports perspective, from a basketball perspective, are the Nets going to have enough time to make this championship run? Because Kyrie's still playing half the games. Kevin Durant's still out. Ben Simmons had a setback with his back where he's not going to be ready and he's not going to be ramped up by the time the playoffs start. So that's a whole nother kind of wrinkle in, the, in this thing where at least if Kyrie's playing every single game, he's kind of in that rhythm. But at this point, it's kind of hit or miss. Like you could go play, you know, a back-to-back on the road. You might not even see Kyrie the second night. Although, you know, Nash has said they're going to play him as much as they can. But I'm really curious to see how this impacts the team in general. You know, are they going to have enough chemistry? Because, you know, James Harden goes to the Sixers, but they're off to a you know great start with him in these two games. Like, they've seen him play with NB. They know that's going to work. We have no idea if this thing's going to work because we haven't seen it. And it really reminds me of last year, Matt, where we were like, you know, when they're together, it's going to work. Well, they never got together. They never had all three healthy, really, for the playoffs. And that's what ended up getting them eliminated was, you know, Kevin Durant was banged up. Uh, James Harden was hurt, missed two games. Like, that was their demise. So I think we could 100% see that happen again with the way the rest of the East is playing right now. And you know what else is, is really kind of scary for this team? Let's say let's say you're in that eight spot for the play-in. Well, right now they're slated to play Toronto. And guess who's not allowed to play in Toronto? Yeah. Kyrie Irving. So let's say you lose that game, right? Well, you still got one more chance. Well, you're hosting that game. So Kyrie's still not going to play. <laughs> like, you've got to get to the sixth seed at this point if you want a chance at realistically – you know, moving on. Because at that point, you're playing a seven-game series. You'll get Kyrie for four of the seven. I mean, that is – it's it's scary. What do you – do you think, though, that this is trending towards he'll be able to play by then? I, I – but I don't know. Can they really keep this rule for three months? I'm very like, hesitant ah. for it. And I guess you have a lot of time. But what if it's too late at that point, right? Yeah, I know. I just wondered. What if you fall I, I think... two and a half games back before you get him back full time? And now you're playing a one game, you know, playing with the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young gets hot for a game, drops 40 on you. Yeah, you can't no, that's stop true. for some reason. And now you're going home. No, that's a great point. You obviously don't want to be in the plan at all. But, you know, if it comes down to it, I think that there's enough people saying this is a little bit crazy because it's one thing to do something and have, you know, half the people on one side of an issue or the people on one side of an issue say something. But when you have both sides, I think kind of saying this is crazy i think that's where maybe a change gets made i'm not sure i'm not you know big into the the new york city politics scene but i would guess that maybe that could push them and you know mary adams has been very vocal about this whole thing which is really interesting like it's it's weird when like politics and sports come together in this way where it's like he's acknowledging like yeah we know the nets need Kyrie. like they want to get that ring blah 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 but also this like it's so it's so interesting kind of to watch and his point is valid right i'm not 
I'm not mitigating his point that is, look, we can't shut down again. And I agree, right? Like you, it should be a slow peel back. But yes, this rule just doesn't make sense to me. No, it, it doesn't. That's the biggest issue and to me too. One last thing I'll, I'll jump in and, and ask you about, Luke, before we move on to, again, some re- more real sports, the lockout uh, is... More real sports that aren't really yes, real sports. exactly. That, that's the title <laughs> of the show, not real This sports. feels like the uh, beginning of COVID type talk. It is. I mean, do you want to bring up Love is Blind next? <laughs> I was thinking that. We could do a full recap. Listen, I didn't finish the show yet. Uh, I was okay. going to last night, but then I was doing work uh, around the house. Had to clean. No spoilers. I turned down Fortnite with Luke to uh, vacuum the house. My mom would be so proud. That was wild. Again, I have that situation what, me trying we'll, to play that, that won't be discussed on air no that you were like oh like it seemed like ah, do i really want to let the people in the curtain like i we was, don't have all day. i was I half wanna... in half out that was the issue well i think you were in and then when no one else could play you're like ah you know what i think the issue is like i'm really bad i've never i haven't played fortnite in years and i barely even played then i don't think you you would have won if you played fortnite with me in that scenario i think it would have been I think it would have hindered your overall enjoyment of the game, and I didn't want to do it. <laughs> no, I really, I'm really not that good at that game, either, to be honest. Like, I don't really, I don't care. I just like to play. The, I just like to talk to my friends. All right, and you, you robbed me. Well, that. I'm talking to you now. I thought I would have talked to you Wednesday, but I guess I can't because I'm not going to work off Wednesday. Got True. canceled. Um, yeah, I'm the only one that has to go to work. Apparently, yeah. But my again, conversation for a different yes. day. My my question to you, Luke, <laughs> is. You know, at the beginning of the, the year, apparently there was a memo from the NBA saying, hey, we're not letting you pay fines to break mandates. If there's a mandate in your in your city or in your state, you have to follow it. Meaning, you know, Kyrie, you could you can't pay the fines, right? The Nets were, in theory, allowed to pay about, I think, $5,000 per game to have Kyrie mm-hmm. play. Is the NBA going to change that or should they? When you consider what Adam Silver said on Get Up before the All-Star break saying, it's an odd rule that doesn't really make any sense. I could see them changing it. Like I, I could see the reasoning why, but I don't know if they will, just because I think Silver is often a guy that that sticks to his guns. Like I I it's tough because you can tell you know Silver's a very like pro, you know, pro vaccine, make sure that we're safe, things like that. You know, they had the bubble, um, you know, the obviously the fine protocol that he set before the year. But also, I think he's also kind of in that same boat where I was talking about where you can have that stance and still think that this is a little bit wonky. So I could see it happening, but I don't know. I feel like the NBA, once they have their foot down, they usually don't change it. And I feel like at this point, correct me if I'm wrong, literally anyone out there, I think Kyrie's the only guy that this is applying to right now because I think Wiggins is vaccinated now. Ben Simmons just got vaccinated. Like It's just Kyrie. So the question is, is the NBA going to change its entire protocol from the beginning of the year just for Kyrie Irving? I'm not really sure. It, it just feels like it feels like New York City is almost doing this just to spite Kyrie, and and that's like. But, but what advantage do they have that just because he's just a strong program? You know what? What did the MLB? You know what does the MLB take advantage to of, of locking out the players, not rescheduling games? You know, just to strong arm them. You know, like that's what it feels yeah, like, guess. and I'm probably wrong, but like. But the city, the city's gonna make a lot more money if Kyrie plays and they win a championship. Which is why I don't understand why they're like I just don't understand. I actually don't know if that's true. I don't know how much they would make off like the Nets being good, but I'm just gonna stick with that stance. Maybe more people taking the subway. You know, you got 15 yeah, instead of 10. I don't know. Yep. But it just I don't know. I've never paid to use the subway. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to um. I'm a bad boy. What was that? I said I've never paid to use the subway. Did you just not take the subway. I just I just there's ways around it. You did not jump the turnstile. 
<laughs> Do not never, say that. I've never, never paid for a subway. Did you jump the train? Are they going to arrest me? Not me, but yeah, someone did open the, open the gates for me. Oh my god! Am I a bad guy? You you've done that? Yeah, every time I've never paid for it. That is outlandish. I so I, I don't believe that. Is it that bad to say out loud? I just I'm very surprised because like you're not you don't live in the city you like. Wow. No, but when I visit the city, it's only it only was to visit my girlfriend now wife. So I've never gone. Are you including your wife now too? No, no, no. Listen, if I was a tourist, I would be paying every time because I'd be scared. But the wife's like, oh, everyone does it. Like, come oh, on. Like, I'll let you in. Ash now, too? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Right, I need to, Bad I need to stop talking. Wow. I plead the fifth. You, you can't plead the fifth. You already said it. I know. You I'm already said it. Oh, my God. I didn't even intimate that it was her, too. You, you just brought it up. I, I mean, know. I knew I was going to say it. This is bad. Oh, my This is God. real bad. Luke, it's, it's $2. Come on. I know. Oh, I know. Wow. Keep it to yourself. All right. All right. Let's <laughs> let let's get on to. to, to well, this is like one of those things where if you go to court, you can't you can't talk against your partner. So we're safe. Right? No, but you, like, but you just it said it. You announced okay. it. Like this is <laughs> this is admissible in court. Oh no! This You're basically bad. like OJ's. It's like a bad crime. This is like, like OJ's people... lover, who who doesn't really exist in this made up story. Saying on a podcast, oh, yeah, like, OJ killed them. Yeah, it is that bad. It's to that level. Oh I would God. agree. I can't. But, like, I, it's not a big deal that you did it. The fact that you said it and the fact that you outed someone that's very important to you <laughs> as the person that helped you do this is incredible <laughs> to me. Oh, man. Uh, I'm sorry. To real sports, the we lockout. On. Uh, on Sunday, the two sides were still very far apart. Union sources told ESPN. Um. The ironic thing in all this, Luke, is that the lockout was intended to jumpstart negotiations, right? That's why they, they locked the players out in December. But negotiations didn't really start until, like, last week. So it almost feels like, and a bunch of writers have been saying this in columns and whatnot, it almost felt like the, the MLB wanted to to not play games. And it makes sense, right? You, you're losing money the first month of the season. No one wants to go. But the fact that they did this in just such poor faith is what is kind of surprising to me. And this isn't to say I side with the players entirely. It's just to say the way that this was handled was very deliberate and seemingly intentional by the, the MLB to make sure that games were canceled. Yeah, that's the weird part because when the lockout started, it was like, well, just so everyone knows, like no one's going to talk for two months. It's like, what? Like, why? So it, it's really strange. And it's interesting seeing, you know, Jeff Passan, Ken Rosenthal, some of the other writers as well, like really like attacking the owners and attacking the way that Major League Baseball has been run and, and structured. I think that's really interesting because it's a sport that obviously they love, but it also, I mean, at the end of the day, it pays their bills. You know, they need, they kind of need baseball in order to have, you know, the jobs they have right now. So I think that's really interesting. I think it's really brought people to a breaking point that are following it because it's so frustrating like every day it's like oh they met but like did they really they talked for 15 minutes and they went off to do their own things like the players talked the owners talked but there wasn't really a lot of crosstalk so it's really kind of frustrating I think and I think that a lot of people are starting to feel that frustration like for me it's one of those things where it's like you almost hate to see the reports because it's like okay they're meeting and then 15 minutes later it's done like there's not much going on and I don't know where that progress is going to be made because it feels like both sides aren't willing to budge the owners seem perfectly 
like you said, content to miss some games. And the players, they don't want to miss games because that's when they're getting paid. But at the same time, I think they're willing to dig in in order to get what they want. So it's kind of just two sides that are so dug in right now. There's not really a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And, and what I read on ESPN, Luke, I didn't include it in the, in the, in the sheet because I'm a bad guy, was that the MLB, the players are willing to you know, dig their heels in like you said, but they're expecting back pay whenever the season starts, which I don't know how yeah. that works if you're missing games. Good luck with that. Uh, yeah, like you said, good luck with that. There's a lot of things going on here, and it's hard to kind of touch on the actual nuts and bolts of it from our perspective, right? I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a player or an owner. But there are some things in this that I just think the easiest thing to do is meet in the middle or some semblance of a middle, like like the, the competitive balance tax, the luxury tax. You know, the, the MLB wants to start at 214. The players want to start at 245. Could we do 230. Right. Could we do 230 and have it, you know, increase at a certain way? You know, maybe you let the MLB win that CBT threshold and keep it at start at 214. But the players, you know, the 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 tax penalty is a lot less. Right. I mean, right now, Luke, after I think you're I think it's the third year corresponds with the third tier in the MLB's proposal after when you reach that third tier of the threshold. You're paying 95% uh, of the amount you're over. So if I'm a dollar over the, the luxury tax threshold, I have to pay 95 cents on every single dollar over. And that's, yeah. that's a criminal number. Like that, that's, cra- that's a crazy amount to me. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's the Steve Cohen tax, yada, yada. Well, what if we created a, 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 a floor for salaries, right? The MLB knows how much their, their teams are, are making. We don't. The only thing we saw were the Braves who made, I think, $100 million in, in revenue or in, in profit last year. Operating income, I think it was. Well, can we make a floor so that no team loses money on players, right? Because I don't want to see the Rays fold, right? Like, you don't want that. But can we make a floor so that they have to spend money and maybe you're not seeing teams spend $300 million on payroll, but maybe you're seeing more teams spend 150 right? And you're going to get more teams spending money. So maybe it's not the top team, but it's everybody. Yeah. And I think the, the idea of a floor benefits the players too, because if you have a floor, you have to sign veterans. Like you have to meet that requirement. So you're going to pick up those guys that make, you know, three, $4 million a year that are just sitting in free agency. And I think those middle guys, I think are, are some of the biggest, you know, reasons why we're at this, this place, because you have veteran guys that hit free agency, they don't get picked up, they don't get paid after they get that first big contract because you have these minor leaguers that don't make enough money. So they're like, well, let's just play these guys. They don't make any money. It's not going to hurt us. Let's, let's like get rid of all these kind of veteran guys that are, that are in the middle here. So it's like one of those battles that is tough to win because it, it always feels like whenever these things happen, it's, it's the middle class, you know, it's the middle that is kind of, you know, being left out to dry. And obviously the, the minor leaguers are an important aspect too, but the minor leaguers are going to play baseball this year, like no matter what. Like the minor league season is not being postponed. There is going to be triple A baseball. There's going to be double A, single A, all that. It's the MLB level that that is not going to start. So I don't know. It's frustrating. I think that we're going to eventually reach a point. I think some people are already where you can say, you know, I, I'm for the players and and all that. And there's going to be people that are staunchly for the players, but I think they're going to reach a point where the players are going to lose some of that support just because of how long it's taken. And that's no fault, you know, completely of their own that both sides, you know, it takes two to tango. It takes two sides to negotiate. But I think a lot of people are going to start to change their opinion on where they stand on this thing when we start missing regular season games and it gets pushed back and people just want to watch baseball 
they don't care about the they don't care as as crazy as it sounds they don't care about the you know what the players are fighting for anymore they just want to see them on the field so i think that's kind of the the point where we might see a reach soon right and, and I'll, I'll give my last piece on this loop before i i hand it to you if you want to run more with this or if you want to jump into odd man rush is the fact that there's there's no faith or trust between the two sides is very disappointing and and for me as a as a casual baseball fan i'd call myself i don't really care that we're missing games you know the the average fan doesn't really care but but luke you care right like the the diehard fan really cares and you're not going to lose them you're probably not going to lose me but all this is not going to gain you fans right i'm a sports guy i'll put the yankee game on in the background but if you're you know a family of four and you're a a kid that likes baseball but your parents are really met on it and you really want to go to a game and there's this lockout going on well you're going to forget about baseball if you're that seven-year-old kid and you're not going to go to a game because your parents don't care enough to take you. And and that's where you're going to start to lose the marginal fans because of this. And maybe you won't. Maybe, yeah, they, they'll, maybe they'll put it back on when it's time. But you're not going to convert fans during this process. And that's what's kind of disappointing as well. Yeah, I think that's a great kind of last point to end on. Because you're going to see, like, it's like I said the other day. Like, you're not going to lose the diehards. They're going to be here when baseball comes back. But you're not going to gain, you know, those little kids that are interested in baseball. Like they're going to go watch, you know, the basketball playoffs, or they're going to go watch, you know, hockey, things like that. You know, they're not going to completely turn. And I think baseball knows they're never going to be America's game again. I mean, football is, and and I think will be for a long time. And I think NBA has captured kind of that social media, you know, quick reaction kind of audience. So baseball kind of only has, you know, their diehards. So to, to kind of disappoint them to this level, I think is, is, is a real shame, but, We'll talk some more baseball. We'll move over to Odd Man. Um, not about lockouts, but about the great Derek Jeter, who is uh, stepping down as the CEO and also as a shareholder uh, with the Miami Marlins. He reportedly did not like the direction the team was going. Uh, he wanted to be able to win sooner. Uh, he said, through hard work, trust, and accountability, we transformed every aspect of the franchise. That being said, the vision for the future of the franchise is different than the one I signed up to lead. So Derek Jeter out with the Marlins. I don't know what's going to be next for him, but – this was kind of an out of nowhere story that that came out this morning, and we're starting to get more pieces of it, but uh, pretty pretty surprising, I would say. It is, and there's a lot of you know hearsay, I guess, for lack of a better term, that or I guess speculation that the team just didn't want to spend and win, and Jeter wasn't about that, right? Have you have you seen that too? Wait, what were you saying? There was that just a they... lot of like speculation, and maybe it's just like fans being you know trolls saying, oh yeah, like the Marlins didn't want to spend anymore. Yeah, that's what I think. And the, he wants to do everything he can to win. Well, he said, like, the direction – like, he said that. So, by you – I mean, obviously, you don't know exactly what he means, but I can interpret that as the Marlins are a team that has a great farm system. They're a couple years away, and they're a couple of big pieces away. I think Jeter wanted to push for some of those big pieces, and the Marlins were like, hey, we're not building that way. We're going to try to do our farm system thing again, which didn't really work the first time. You know, when Jeter got there, he kind of cleaned house because they weren't going to sign – those big guys, well, they had Stanton signed, but they weren't going to sign all those guys. So I think that's probably what he was getting at. Yeah, maybe we back uh, as the Yankee shortstop. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I think he's really going to just disappear for a few you years. Think so, like, even as CEO, he didn't really, he wasn't really doing a lot of public stuff. wasn't around the team every day. Like, I think he's cool with like, you know, he's building his family right now. He's never. It's, he's not a you know, He's not going to be on a pregame show or on a broadcast. I think he's going to be cool with kind of just chilling for a little while. He's only four. He's forty six. Like he can easily come back in you know five years or even a couple of years. But I think Jeter's just not a guy that needs to be in the spotlight at all times. And, and didn't I when he was the owner of the Marlins, or I guess CEO, 
he like didn't return to Yankee Stadium at all, right? Like he didn't go to Old no. Day, things like that. So, you know, no. a lot of that speculation of, oh, maybe he'll go to the Yankees, you know, he might just be done with baseball, like you said, Luke. It'll be interesting to see where he goes because he, he's a megastar. Yeah. I wonder if uh, he shows up to Paul O'Neill's uh, jersey retirement because I know he's a big uh, question. He's a big fan of Paul O'Neill's. Well, let's keep an eye on that. And uh, last point with all that. So the Marlins were reportedly close to landing Nick Castellanos before the lockout. Um, that was a guy that I guess Jeter had tagged as, you know, a key free agent that can help them win now. He had a great year last year. He's not a superstar, but he certainly was coming off an all-star year last year. Um, so I, don't, I wonder if that plan changed maybe during the lockout. I don't know. But either way, Jeter out with the Marlins. Let's talk some basketball. I've done a lot of baseball. Well, um, Luke, I do have a, um, a, oh, okay. a this day in history. I'm very sorry. Okay. Eight years ago today, you know what happened in baseball? Eight years ago yes. today in February. Man, I don't know. Was it a, someone signed a contract? No, David Wright was named the uh, face of eight of MLB. Really? Yeah, fan vote. The face of MLB. David Wright won wow. it. Wow. Like, it was, it was a Twitter ago? poll, keep in mind. Still. It happened eight years ago today. Do you remember who he beat in the finals, Luke? If you if you get this right, I will give you a crisp five dollar bill. So it's, is it somewhat obscure? Yes, it is so obscure. And if he <laughs> plays to the team that I think he played for, the fact that this was the guy in the finals is wild to me. JJ Hardy. No, Eric Who Sogard. That is okay. Royals legend, correct? Uh, A's legend. Okay, same thing. Both kind of irrelevant. Uh, so he just got votes because he wears goggles. Okay, so that's like an irrelevant. That's like a Twitter like. It was a Twitter vote, yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. But the fact that that's Eric wild. Sogard was in there with yeah. like <laughs> the seventeen A's fans that there are, the team has no money. That's why I guess like an obscure guy that was like kind of good at the time, but Eric Sogard was never even that great. That's why I was so confused. He just had a couple moments eight years ago. Weird stuff. David Wright, the face of MLB, and and now look at him. Yeah, that's crazy. Who would have thought? Yeah, David Wright. Interesting career path. Um, well, let's talk some basketball quickly. Uh, the Knicks lost 125-108 to 108 at home to the Sixers. James Harden had a triple-double. Embiid, 37 points, including 23 of 27 from the free-throw line. That, a lot of people complaining. Not a great brand of basketball to watch. Between him, him and him, uh, Harden, English is hard. There's yes. going to be a lot of free-throws there. Um, more bad news for the Knicks, though. Derek Rose, he's another small procedure on his ankle. Pro, I might as well shut him down for the season. I'm not saying the Knicks are saying that, but I don't see any point in him coming back. They've got a tough stretch ahead. They're not going to make the playoffs at this point. Play your young guys, but it was weird. In the Garden, uh, you had people chanting MVP. You had a lot of Sixers fans there. Like It's it's definitely a low point, I think, right now for the Knicks. And, and this was just a couple of days removed from R.J. Barrett almost playing up a 50 spot in, in a loss grade. Yeah. But you know, I was watching part of that game, and I was like, this is kind of the closest thing to a signature moment for this season. I mean, it was a loss, but R.J. Barrett putting up almost 50 points is, is, is awesome. That was a game. It's awesome. They were up, what, like 11 nothing out of the gate? Like, they were up big at one point, and they lost, I think, by 10. Yeah, but they were down the by the half. Yeah, that's true. It's not like they but blew I mean, a fourth-quarter lead. But again, you're saying, like, a signature moment, and it's a game that they lost. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of season that's been. I also which don't is, think which they're is as tough. far off as, I think, you and a lot of other people think. What do you think I think? I think you think that they stink. Well, they do stink right now. But I think if you can find, like, your Tyrese Halliburton, and, and I guess you could have had him a couple of years ago, or your, you know, stud point, your Donovan Mitchell. They need a point great guard, point guard. 
Yeah, yeah. But I think if you find him in the draft this coming season, this 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 draft, obviously, I think you're a playoff team. Yeah, I mean that's not hard to say. They made the playoffs last year. Well, I think you're like a good playoff team. Okay. But yeah, I mean certainly I can see it. I mean, I still think I think RJ his development is has been really strong this year. I mean, offensively he's really become mm-hmm. you know something to behold. And I mean, Randall is what he is. Like he's still going to put in twenty five a night, but he's not going to play great defense. He kind of stagnates the offense every once in a while. But you know he's still a solid piece that they want to hold on to him or trade him. I don't think they're too far off either. I think they're far off from a championship team, which is where they should have been striving for. But it's hard when, you know, you have to get a free agent or trade for mm-hmm. someone. But again, it could be a Donovan Mitchell. And I know it's kind of a joke, but saying I want out away from being, like you said, a, you know, a top three, four team in the East. Because we've seen a team like the Heat who have, you know, Jimmy Butler, who's he's a superstar, but he's not, you know, he's not going to give you 40 points a game. He's going to play great defense. He's going to pass well and stuff like that. Like you could. You know, add someone like that and, and I think be right in the mix. So I think you're right to that extent. Would you trade for Zion? I I probably would just because I, I've always loved Zion. I've always thought he had a lot of talent. Uh, and I think if you're the Knicks, like, why not? Like, what's the what's the, the risk there? I guess it would depend what the package would be. But Let's say three first-round picks. Three first-round picks? Yeah. Lottery protected for the first two years, let's say. Ugh. I don't think I could do that. I don't know. With given his injury history, we haven't seen him play all year. We know the weight's gonna be a problem no matter what. He's not gonna play 82 games a year. So can you get him healthy enough to play, you know, in crunch time and for the playoffs every year? Maybe, but three first rounds is pretty steep. Yeah, I mean, and that's just a number I threw out. I, if you can package him with RJ Barrett and then you gotta find a guard, it's exciting, right? I mean, you're that's that's still a young team, core yeah. and it's still exciting. But yeah, I was watching no, I two highlights of him from like a week ago. And they were, it was so awesome. It was yeah, so cool was to watch him play. He was slim. He was lean. Yeah. He was ferocious. I mean, this dude was jumping like six feet in the air. Yeah, I mean, it could be as simple as he doesn't want to be New Orleans. He wanted to go to the Knicks before. So, I he mean, didn't if that works out. try, though. I mean, you couldn't have told him out of the draft, hey, I'm not going to play for you. And that's what kind of disappoints me because I'm a fan of a small market NBA team. So, to be like, you know, he should force his way out to the Knicks. Like, I, I would almost feel hypocritical because he didn't even give New Orleans a chance. Happy and Marco they have a, a fun young team. Thank you. Thank you for all those who observe. But they have a fun young team that is in the playoff mix right now without him. And they went out and traded for CJ McCollum. Like, they're trying to, to build something. So, it is kind of disappointing that he's not even remotely a part of the team. Uh, quickly, crazy day in college basketball. All top six teams lost. Seven of the top ten lost. Uh, biggest upsets, St. Mary's beating Gonzaga and Colorado beating Arizona. March Madness cooking up. I know Matt doesn't care, but I care. So uh, I care. I, just, I, can't, I can't watch, but I care. Okay, it's fine. Uh, my picks got absolutely hosed this weekend. Can't even lie. A couple of bad beats. Uh, I ended up one and two. Oof. Sounds like me. Richmond ended up. Richmond ended up missing two free throws to not cover. Then Miami blew a, a nine-point lead with two minutes left. Actually, it was one and three because then UConn uh, was up by 20 with two minutes left and only won by nine, needed them to cover 11. So it was a rough weekend for me. Well, you know, you'll bounce back. You'll come back stronger. Uh, yeah, I'm resting. I'm resting tonight. It's a rest yeah, It's day. a rest day. I didn't get to look too much at the board either. I I was really confident in going 2-0 the other, week, the other day, and I just completely bombed it. I mean – Again, that the, the Flames pick is a pick you make again. You know they're on a ten game winning streak. Vancouver's nothing to, nothing to to be scared of, and they just get absolutely hosed. So, yeah, not the best weekend for either of us. 
tough on these streets. Uh, also, Syracuse stinks. They lost 97-72 against Duke. Uh, they logged 32 points in the first eight minutes of the game. Uh, Duke was on full display. I mean, it really showed, like, what happens when you have a team with a bunch of athletes against a team that doesn't have good athletes and doesn't play good defense. Um, but, Matt, the great news is that Benny Williams, sensational freshman, 14 points in 30 minutes for Syracuse. So, the future is in good hands. My king, Benny Williams, that is. We're shooting right. 66% through, like, the first half. Two Did you three. see again after the game he was asked about staying? Was he really? They need to stop asking him if he's going to transfer. He will just leave. We got to move on from what? that. Like, he's not leaving. He, he's a guy that also, like, you can hear him in his interviews with, with ESPN Syracuse. He doesn't like to talk. Like, he is not no. a vocal dude at all. He is very quiet. He's very reserved. He, he, I think he went to Syracuse in part because he doesn't want to have such a big spotlight on him. Like, he doesn't want to go to yeah. Duke and, and, and have all that pressure, which is okay. Like, that's fair. Like, he's not – he didn't want that as a college kid. He's 18 years old. He's a kid. Yeah, like, and I know, like, I was watching an interview with him, and he, like, Cole Swider was on with him, and I think that really helped. Like, he needs someone to kind of help him get out of his shell a little bit. Like, he's a young kid. Like, it, it's just weird to me. Like, you want him to stay if you're a Syracuse fan or if you're a Syracuse media because he, he could be a fun player to watch for the next few years. So why do you constantly ask him if he's going to stay? It's just weird to me. It, it, um, it, it's almost kid. like you're I'm, – I'm sorry to cut you off again, Luke. Just keep going. No, you're good. No go. It's almost like you, the Syracuse fan or, or the people that ask him this, which are you know ultimately the f- questions fans will ask, ask, are almost want him to say, "Yeah, I'm leaving." Yeah, like they're almost trying to drive him out just to just to be back in their misery. They don't just want to him to go, content. but it's it's like this. It's like they're so insecure with who they are because this team has one bad year that they're basically trying to push this guy. They're self sabotaging by pushing him out the door. Yeah, so that'll pretty much wrap it up for me. Uh, Coach K versus Jim Beheim, the last, probably the last meeting, unless they face off in the ACC tournament. Um, they deserve each other. I don't know, like I don't have a like a direct problem with either of them, but they're both kind of they're cut from the same cloth. They kind of act the same. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. But I'll I'll hand it back to you to wrap up the show. That that's all I got, Luke. That that's all we got for the show. Potentially a show tomorrow. We will keep you guys locked right. in on that. Uh, if not, Stephen A had a, uh, just dropped a take about Derek Jeter that I'm interested to listen to after the show. He just said the Yankees need to find a role for Derek Jeter. It's like, do they? What do the the Yankees need to figure out how to, how to spend money? All right. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> they got to lock up their other, you know, superstars. Well, Jeter's gonna come in and just go full Steinbrenner mode, just spend all the money. Well, whose money is he spending? That's what he wanted to spend with the Marlins. Yeah, yeah. He certainly that didn't happen. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll see you guys next time. Check out, check us out on Twitter at Walling and Owens. If you want any updates on when we might have our next show, if not, we'll see you on Monday. And if you missed any moment of the show, catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts.